Hey, honeys, I have something exclusive to tell you. You can hear episodes of my show and 30 others, Harmontown, Drinky Fun Time, Dumpable Town, before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. Lucky you. You can listen right now on the TuneIn app. Play Nashville a week early. You're like living in a time machine, baby. So why don't you check it out? All you have to do is download the TuneIn app and listen for free. This is like being a podcast VIP. Don't forget, they also have live sports, news, music, audiobooks. It's enabled in Apple CarPlay, so I think you should check it out. All you have to do is go to tunein.com slash natchbute. Tune in, baby. PRA, Public Radio America. You're smarter already. PRA and Your Welcome World News are brought to you today by Craft Vapory. Yes, craft vapory. If you like vaping, or vapes in general, or you're looking for a cool, groovy gift this holiday season, visit craftvapory.com and use the promo code POINTLESS for some savings. That's pointless, as in pointless podcast on Super Creative Network, or pointless, as in my efforts to socialize with anyone under the age of 40. Craft Vapory. Vape them if you got them. This week on Your Welcome, one man's struggle against a popular website may lead to a revolution or possibly just a bagel sandwich. Field correspondent Chartreuse Beljar visits a place that calls itself a cat cafe. What? What is that? What the hell is that? All that plus indie filmmaker Topher Hawk, British human Dame Judi Dench, and retractions today on Your Welcome! welcome. Welcome to your welcome. I'm Stefan Hyphen Straitman, and I sweat so profusely during physical activity that all yoga is considered hot yoga. Today's top story In San Francisco, one bold protester is using civil disobedience to battle against what he considers to be unfair and misleading advertising in a popular online service. Can one man win a self declared war with Internet Goliath Airbnb? Time will tell. But first, let's hear about the cause straight from the source. Joining us on the line is Vermont native and current San Francisco tourist, Howard Pangler. Howard, welcome to your welcome. Thank you, Stefan. We don't get your show on the East Coast, but I'm sure it's nice. Yes, it's really quite brilliant and vital. But do you know what we do get in the East Coast? Hmm. Huh? Hospitality. Manners. The very basic concept of a and b New England is known for its beautiful bed and breakfast culture. People come from all over New England to stay and other parts of New England, because of the history, the people, the sites, they're all very specific to each bed and breakfast, but there's always two things that are guaranteed. Can you guess what they are, Stefan? Well, I'm no expert, but I would wager the two constants would be a bed and a breakfast. You nailed it. Well, yes, you know, I am actually an expert on most things, so. When I left my home of Burling Stockton Falls, Vermont, to do a little sightseeing in San Francisco, I was informed by my driver's ed students about a little site called Airbnb, where you can book B&Bs in various cities to avoid having to go to hotels. Uh, do you oppose hotels on any moral high ground? Big businesses shuttering the local efforts, etc.? No, no, I'm just sensitive to the smell of chlorine. Plus, you never know how often they clean the sheets at hotels. You take a black light into a bed and breakfast, the only stains you're going to find are spilled chamomile tea and jelly preserves. Good point. Good, disgusting... Point. Anywho, so I book a so-called B&B in San Frisco. I think, well, the price is a bit much, but what the heck? It's walking distance from the wharf. 
I arrive at the address with all my bags, and what do you think I find? Something to complain about? A studio! Freaking apartment! Not a bed and breakfast, just apartment H in a three-story brick building that smelled like spoiled chowder and pee. But, Mr. Pangler, surely upon entrance of the apartment, you found there was indeed a bed. Oh, sure, there was a bed. Queen-sized, memory foam, plenty of blankets, maybe even too many. But that's nothing I'd stage a protest over. That's not my problem. So wherein lies your grievance, Mr. Pangler? I slept through the night. I wake up at 6.45 a.m. sharp. No breakfast. I think, well, I'm on East Coast time, so I wait 15 minutes. No breakfast. I give it an hour. Two hours. Three hours. No breakfast! I think maybe I missed it. Maybe I slept too late, so I try to call the so-called proprietor of the so-called B&B, and what do you think he tells me? Ah, well, he probably started by answering the phone with a hello, and then maybe a who is this? He said no breakfast. Oh. There's no breakfast. No breakfast at the Airbnb. No breakfast at a B&B? That's half of it! 50% of the experience, that's one of the two B's. This place is missing an entire B. I got shorted a B, Stefan. You sound upset. And how many days ago was this, Mr. Pangler? I'm on day six of my sit-in. Still no breakfast. I've made my demands known to the owner. I have signs hanging out the window. Two different people have come in here in the past week for their Airbnb reservations and found me sitting here. And I'm not leaving. Ah, so you turned them away. No, they they stayed and just sort of ignored me. One girl said I was nowhere near the weirdest thing she's found at an Airbnb. But that's my point. The standards are too freaking low for this Airbnb business. They're given the honored American tradition of B&Bs an F. And an F. So when will all of this end, Mr. When, Pengler? When the owner brings me some breakfast. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. By day two, I was still throwing around the idea like biscuits and gravy, maybe some marmalade. Now, by day six, I take an Egg McMuffin and some gas station coffee, honestly. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is starving. My God. So, this is more than just a sit-in. This is a full-blown hunger strike. I'm owed a meal. I will abstain from sustenance until I get the breakfast that is coming to me. It's the most important meal of the day, after all. I don't want to get hangry on my vacation. Uh, but you have skipped dozens of meals in the past week already. I'm not skipping them. I'm just putting them off. When I get my breakfast, I'm going to catch up. I've already extended my vacation by another two weeks in anticipation of a long protest, so I'll have tons of time to binge on a ton of brunches once this is peacefully resolved. Very brave of you. I think we can all agree that the spirit of revolution is alive and well in you, Howard. Uh, just one last question for you, and then you can go back to starving. What is keeping the owner of the place from charging you every additional day you stay in his Airbnb? How's that again? Well, as I understand it, you give them your credit card number, and they charge the daily rate automatically, right? Uh, did you give him a credit card number? I, uh, well, you know, I only booked for one day. Everything after that is a protest. Right. I don't know if he cares. Y you may want to check with your bank. This is about more than a little money, Stefan. Or a lot of money. An increasing amount of money. This is about justice. That, that being said, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to make a couple of calls real quick. Not my bank, just, um, you know, a ton more concerned citizens trying to join my cause. It's very popular. I'm not calling my bank. It's totally okay if you're calling your bank. I'm totally not. You probably should. Carpe the breakfast, people!
That was breakfast activist and potentially bankrupt tourist Howard Pangler from Apartment H in San Francisco. We wish him luck and at least one slice of toast at some point. PRA and Your Welcome World News are brought to you by Vintage Clothing. Shop at your local vintage clothing store and bring home the worst smell a dead stranger has to offer. Next up tonight, Chartreuse Beljar joins us with a report on an intersection between two of America's most persistent addictions, caffeine and cats. I'm currently walking up to the premier cat cafe in New York City. Often coffee shops create a warm, inviting, and cozy environment. But meow, that's what I call coffee, has taken cozy to a new level. A very snuggly level. This cafe not only serves coffee and bakery items, but also offers the opportunity to cuddle, pet, or work on your morning Sudoku with cats. I'm about to meet with Meow That's What I Call Coffee's owner, Cassie Baskins, and chat with her about her creative leap and see if her business lands on all fours. Morning, morning, Cassie. Good morning, Chartreuse. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. Now, what exactly is going on in this cat cafe this morning? Well, we have six different fair trade coffees, over a dozen bakery items, and about 39 breeds of cats to choose from. <laughs> How could you choose? Well, when you leave, you simply select a cat. Oh, I see someone selected a Siamese to brush. Actually, over that's an obsidian. Oh, right. <laughs> Question. How often does hair fall into the coffee? Always, but it adds to the texture. Ah, right. I love that you give people the opportunity to see what it's like to really own a cat. Yeah, and then we make it a reality. Now, uh, the idea to have cats in your cafe, was that inspired by that whole thing where they had uh, dogs in the airports to relieve anxiety? No, not really. All these cats are in desperate need of homes. Oh. So, uh... So this cafe is doubling as a foster home. It is a temporary house for cats. I know you said 39 breeds are represented, but how many cats are we looking at in this room alone? 56, and another 30 are in the back. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, um, have to ask, what about health code violations? Well, we have signs at the door notifying patrons of the cats. Mm, fantastic. Plus, you can just clearly see from the outside that there's hordes of cats inside this cafe, so that's a warning. Absolutely. Oh, and I see um, over by the cash registers, um, it looks like um, some forms of some sort. I'm assuming that's further consent to the health codes. Am I right or wrong? You're actually wrong. Those forms are adoption papers. You get your coffee, free Wi-Fi code, and sign up to be the new caregiver of a pet. The new care... Oh. I Okay, so so you can't just you can't just get the coffee and, and and work here. Oh, you can, but as long as you leave with a cat. Huh. Uh, what if you're in a rush? Can you get coffee to go? Oh, of course. That's what the express line is for. We also have coffee cup sleeves and to-go containers made of the same recycled cardboard we use for the cat carriers. Uh, okay. Well, what what if someone tries to leave without the cat? We reserve the right to charge their credit card ten times a day until they come back and claim their abandoned cat. I don't know if it's abandoned, but, uh, uh, but w okay, well, what if they don't pay with a credit card? Or card only. Huh. Uh, okay, 
what if they have dogs at home who wouldn't get along with the cat? Well, they can give up their dogs for adoption at the Canine Cafe in Greenpoint. Big cup of pups. We don't really like to give them free advertising, though. We're kind of competitors. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, what about folks who are allergic? Okay. There's a lot of folks out there who are allergic to cats. Can't force that upon them. What about them? Right. As if the health code violations and significant amount of people allergic to cats weren't enough, being forced to adopt a cat seems like a pretty hefty price to pay for an already overpriced coffee. I am now the owner of a Japanese bobtail and actively searching for a new owner because I can only care for myself both emotionally and financially. Another stellar report from field reporter Chartreuse Beljar. Uh, Chartreuse, does this officially make you a cat lady? Um, I think uh, in order to be a cat lady, you uh, have to spend a lot of time with a cat. The mm -hmm. cat has been uh, hoarded up in my bathroom. I have not let the cat... There is, there's food. Okay, I'm not you know, sure. abusing the cat. The cat is in my bathroom, and I, I don't want anything. I, I, I did not choose this. Not a lot of bonding going on no. in the Beljar household. No. And what is your plan to reach out emotionally, perhaps even uh, spiritually, to this cat to finally That's form that bond? That's not going to happen. Bond? I was actually hoping that, I don't know, maybe maybe you were interested in adopting a Japanese bobtail. Very cute. I don't get along very well with cats. Uh, my mother was a Wiccan. And I oh, believe God. that she placed some kind of strange anti-cat hex on me when I was in our uh, oh, handmade crib. Going. Yes, oh. uh, every time I'm in a room with a cat, uh, claws, hissing, uh, that thing where they arch their back like those cardboard cutouts you put on your door on Halloween. Um, cats yeah. and I don't get along. Uh, it sounds like your relationship with this Japanese bobtail is downright uh, uh, peachy by comparison to how cats take to me. Well, I'm just hoping that one of the listeners out there might might want this Japanese bobtail. Yes. That I'm just calling Cat. If anyone is interested in this Japanese bobtail, please do call 1-800-THAT-NUMBER-DOESN'T-EXIST. I'm sorry, Chartreuse, you are stuck with a cat. You're going to have to learn how to be responsible for a life besides your own. I regret, I regret everything. PRA and You're Welcome are brought to you by Outrage. How dare you attempt to co-opt outrage for advertising dollars? You are clearly the problem with this country. Joining us in the studio is indie filmmaker Topher Hawk to discuss his new film, Flowering Majesty. Uh, but first, I believe Mr. Hawk wishes to apologize for the misunderstanding that took place when he came to promote his previous film, Here is Where We Are Here. Uh, good evening to you, Mr. Topher Hawk. Hi, Stephen. Uh, it's it's great to be back in the studio again with an old friend. Thanks for having me. I am not your friend, but sure, I am sure. relieved that you have come around on the idea of publicly apologizing for the shameful display on the uh, last appearance. Right, of course. I'd, I'd just like to say that the uh, the art of filmmaking has changed a lot over the years, and um, um, I, I guess it's very easy to misinterpret um, anyone's work at this point, especially with Twitter and everything, and um, it's easy for the audience to make mistakes and see things in a way that is just inherently wrong to the theme of uh, the work. So, 
to be clear, then, what you're actually doing is publicly apologizing on behalf of the audience who misunderstood your work. I just think that they should have that chance, yes. So you are not apologizing for your last film being a blatant white power manifesto. I'm sorry, what? It was a blatant white power manifesto. You were clearly very invested in white people being uh, on top of the heap, so to speak, and minorities uh, basically ranging from uh, everyone else on the planet through to undiscovered life in the cosmos and beyond uh, to be uh, subjugated by a white people's power. Stephen, it is so nice of you to take, take the perspective of the audience and just step into their shoes and show them how horribly far off wrong they were, and I... I appreciate you kind of playing red team for me and, and going on the other side of things. I don't even want to know what you would consider red team to be in your warped, white power stricken mind. So, Topher, as long as you uh, fooled me and snuck your way into my show, uh, Flowering Majesty. Yes. Uh, you, want, you care to talk about that a little bit. And bear in mind, we do not tolerate racism or white power manifestos at Public Radio America. Of course, of course. Uh, uh, Flowering Majesty is a film that really just looks forward, looks to um, the potential of America as a people, as a nation, and um, really just kind of paints a picture of, of something that I think we're all so close to if we could just believe in it. So this is sort of a utopian ideal. Uh, a science fiction film, is it? No, no. It's I, I think of it almost as a... a uh, a future documentary, a documentary about the future. So you made up a documentary that takes place in a time that we have not reached yet. Well, I, I haven't put it so artfully, but yes. Flattery will get you everywhere, but I'm still waiting for another shoe to drop with this flowering majesty hoo-ha. So uh, can you describe the uh, version of a plot you have? Do you have some semblance of a, a narrative here? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit just about the um, the process really quick. Um, oh, good. You, you know, it was, it was it was difficult when um, here is where we are here now. Um, had to, unfortunately, we we weren't allowed to show it, and we were we were paid a large sum of money to just um, collect all of the reels and um, release them to an undisclosed landfill. And well, that was that that hurt for me as an artist, and it. it um, well, just moving forward from that, I guess you could say when, when God opens a landfill, he, he writes your next script, and that's exactly what happened here. I'm pretty sure that is exactly how that phrase goes, so I'm going to let that slide. Um, that landfill is truly the unluckiest landfill on the face of God's earth. Um, so, um, very glad to hear that no one's going to see that. Um, I do feel like you're dodging my persistent journalistic integrity towards fishing some sort of plot or theme or anything from you regarding flowering majesty right yes of course okay so the uh the story uh takes place around a, a character that was played by the oh just the talented talented incredibly talented amazing uh Archibald Lunderspin, and as soon as he became involved in the project, it 
gosh, it really took off, and he he took all the characters that he played and and just ran with them. Lunderspin is a good get. How did you uh, talk him into working with you? You know, it was strange. I I had sent him the script, and uh, gosh, he didn't get back to me for a week, two weeks, and then finally he called me and he said, Topher, I, I don't know what you're trying to say here, but I don't think I like it. And I thought, this guy gets it. And then from there... So this is a persistent problem with collaborators and people that you just have conversations with on a daily basis. Yeah, not so much a problem. Look, that's that's collaboration. That's what we're doing, right? I see. So then he he went on to say, but look, uh, the the divorce is sucking me dry, and I just need a paycheck. So Inspiring. So I'm going to do this with you. And I thought, "Ah, now... He's he's already in the character. He's already doing it right. And uh, would you go into more detail about this uh, so-called character that Mr. Archibald Lunderspin is inhabiting for your film? You, you know, uh, he's he's a police officer, which is, uh, um, gosh, is there a more honorable role? Is there anything? Is there anything more you could want at at this point? Um, out of life? Yeah, out of life, out of a career, out of. I'm actually gonna. I, I'm. I, I don't know if I can say this yet, but I think I'm going to uh, sign up and try and get into the local police academy. But that's that's not official yet. But is, is this a retirement announcement? Please, God, is this a retirement announcement? Stephen, you you don't have to worry. I'll be making films for a long, long time. You know they have like psychological exams you have to take uh, long before they give you a gun, right? I was unaware of that, actually. Okay, well, food for thought. Um, so this is a clip from Flowering Majesty in which uh, Archibald Lunderspin plays a police officer. What was his name? Uh, officer Dinkins. Officer Dinkins, uh, the lead police officer character, apparently a very honorable and decent fellow, in this exclusive clip from Topher Hawk's Flowering Majesty. Hey, uh, I think today's the day, pal. I'm coming over. I've been eyeing that uh, chopper you got there for uh, a few months. I've been saving up uh, my paycheck, and I think uh, thinks today is the day. I've been patrolling the south side a bit too long. I need the extra protection. Oh, uh, yeah? You want to get uh, this Apache? Yeah, yeah. I've been looking at that Apache. I like it. I like it a lot. What uh, what kind of price do you say you think you're going to give on me? Huh? Well, uh... Cost me seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Nah, tell you what. Since I'm uh, in law enforcement, how about I do the uh, the commandeer special? Oh, you know what? Since I'm also in law enforcement, uh-huh. I will give you the admiral special. Oh. So that means it'll be forty-four, four hundred and forty thousand dollars and fifty cents. Well, see, no, no. See, what I was doing is I was giving you the opportunity to do the honorable thing. Uh-huh. By letting me commandeer this here Apache helicopter and just take it for the the you know the public use of the Chicago Police Department for a joyride or what? No 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 because I got I got to patrol the south side of Chicago. It's a very turbulent area. Before we go any further, I want to let you know it gets very bad gas mileage because it takes airplane fuel 
I know it's a helicopter, but it takes airplane fuel, and that's very expensive, and it doesn't go very far on a gallon. That's okay. I'll just come either commandeer some more uh, gas, or I can siphon it out from other other Apache choppers that I happen to see my friends all have now. Can I commandeer a cheese puffer real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you should have just asked oh, earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a an exclusive clip from Flowering Majesty. And just a an film interesting. By Topher. Oh, I'm sorry. Did uh, I interrupt you? No, just just an interesting fact about that scene. Uh, it, the whole scene, we we did just one shot, one take. Um, yes, and it seemed exhaustively researched yeah, as well. Yes, yeah. yeah just, I, I could tell you really put a lot of work into this. Yeah, it was 65 minutes long. It's the majority of the film, and they, uh, uh, gosh, <laughs> and gosh, they just ran with it. I'll say they did. They. It's the fastest you can run while standing perfectly still and talking about the same thing for over an hour. And just a just a picture of uh, of peace there. You know, you have you have two police officers coming together in a world of police officers, and uh, in a world of police officers. I did notice that there were two police officers in that sixty-five minute scene. But are you suggesting that every? Are you being lyrical, metaphorical when you say a world of police officers? Right, right. I, I, I thought that. I'm sorry. I thought that you had already seen it. Yes, it's, it's a, it's a world entirely populated by police officers. So every single character in your film, as well as every single character who is not in your film but exists in this world, is a police officer. Now you got it. Why? Why is that? Why? What? What are you thinking with that? What are you trying to say? Well, look at all these movies that you have coming out with the the Transformings and all the uh, the Avengers songs. You're you're dealing with all of these stories that have this this forced notion of conflict and struggle. And where are the movies about America and the movies about peace and harmony? And and that's. Uh, that's what we strove for, and I, I think we really nailed it. So you are saying that America is a police state and that we're all very lucky because of it and we should strive to make it even more of a police state until everyone is a police officer so everybody gets along. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I, I don't think I need to. I think pretty much everyone's thinking it at this point. You think it speaks for itself? Absolutely. No, you're very confusing. It definitely does not speak for itself. It requires an enormous amount of speaking on your behalf by other people. Steven, you and your jokes. Here's another exclusive clip from Flowering Majesty, which is apparently a film promoting the police state as a harmonious and wonderful uh, situation for all of us. Um, this is uh, at the end of a uh, very slow car chase. Is that uh, what I'm reading correctly here? Uh, yes, yeah. It's uh, Well, it was uh, going to be the Apache purchase from the previous scene, but then, gosh, we just ran out of money, so we, we just went with a car. and um, Norm Normal old car. Yes, yeah, so, and then this is, this is what happens. All right, let's uh, take a listen to this exclusive clip from Flowering Majesty. License and registration. What? What are you talking about? I want to know who I have the pleasure of pulling over, because you were going under the speed limit. Ah, uh, you were you were the guy following me. I'm, you know, I'm in the force, too. Yeah, yeah, I thought you might be with precision driving like that. There aren't many people who can pull something like that off. I want to know your name, pal. Oh, I'm... Uh, license and registration! Oh, here you go. Here you, you can look at the license. Here's my badge. Here's my registration. It's me, uh, Officer Dickens. <laughs> 
Officer. Officer Dickens. Yeah. My name's Dinkins. Yeah. Dinkin Dickens. Oh, we should team up. Yeah. Oh, cool. Dink Dick. Yeah. That could be our name. We're like buddy cops. Yeah. All my buddies are cops. Hey, uh, Dickens. Yeah. That move you made when I was tailing you, how you just kept it in a steady line the entire time, like you didn't even move over, I'd say, within a couple of feet to the left, a couple of feet to the right. Yeah. How'd you do that, man? You know the uh, auto safety device club? You use that? I put it on while I drive to lock the wheel in place. God! Yeah, precision. Dickens, precision. Dickens, I feel like there's so much I could learn from you. Oh, yeah. I know all sorts of stuff. I can tie wicked good knots. I know how to make donuts, which in this world is a very valuable skill. Let me ask you a question, Dickens. I've got three sets of handcuffs in my car. If I were to link them all up and attach one end to your toe ball and then another end to the underneath of my license plate and bumper, yeah, do you think that you could pull me and you could do your steady driving moves and I just move my wheel along and pretend like I'm driving, but really you're the one keeping me in line? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. Uh, yeah, I could totally do that. Uh, you got standard issue cuffs? Because regular cuffs are going to break. Yeah. Uh, not irregular cuffs break. Yeah, yeah. I'll check the trunk. I got a collection. Okay. Yeah, we can totally do a little toy drive. Ah, uh, I would love that. You just made my day. I was having a really bad one. I had to put somebody down for being a woman. Oh, woman cop. Terrible. Absolutely. That was a clip from Flowering Majesty. Um... A couple of things I picked up on from that clip. I know what you're thinking, Stephen. I hope not. Franchise, sequels, oh. and I, I just want to go on record and say that that is a possibility. Um, I was actually going to comment on, one, this seems to be a film without any real conflict. Um, lots of just chatting about how people's days are going, um, people making uh, casual acquaintances, uh, planning out fun hanging outs and things like that. Um, normally a film uh, has some sort of uh, conflict or strife. Um, do you care to comment on that? You know, it's, it's funny to comment on something like that when really I think I'm the biggest realist there is. Uh, you just look at life in America these days and um, what fighting is there at this point other than a few... Very isolated events, but... Which leads me to the other thing that I picked up on from that clip I would really like to engage you with. Uh, a woman got executed in the dialogue of that clip? A, a woman was just, like, shot, and specifically for being a woman? Were you... You must have tuned into another film, I'm not sure... No, this isn't a ham radio. I just pressed a button here, and it played a clip that you sent me specifically. Steven. Is this a misogynist film about how awesome police officers are? Yes or no? Steven, if a woman was shot in my film, I want to ensure you that she deserved it. You can leave. Should I just show myself? Oh, you didn't have to get security. Oh, jeez. Okay. I definitely did. 
Uh, I, also, just a quick note to our security guards, uh, don't listen to him if he offers you a chance to be an extra in Flowering Majesty 2. I promise it is not worth sacrificing your souls and systems of values. That was Topher Hawk, indie filmmaker, raconteur, provocateur, all-around terrible person. Joining us now, as always, is BBC correspondent Austin Bronte. Good evening, Austin. Where are you right now, and more importantly, why? Good evening, my little American friend. May I call you friend? Austin, while we have established some sort of professional relationship over the past months, I feel friendship is overstating things just a little. We are acquainted, and I would prefer the term acquaintance, at least until you learn to pronounce my f***ing name correctly. Jolly good. And little? Are you little, Stephen? No, Austin. I am quite a giant of stature and intellect alike. Very well, Stephen, my little American friend. Good evening! Austin, good evening. Now, incredible though it may sound, I understand you have lined up a rather special guest for us. Mm -hmm. uh, my producers tell me that I am to interview none other than Judy Dench, star of Stage and Screen. Well, yes, Stephen, that's very nearly correct. I am literally bursting with questions for Her Majesty Dame Judy Dench. So let's get right on to it. Roll out the You're Welcome gender-neutral beige carpet and bring her on. Dame Judy Dench, can you hear me? Uh, well, Stephen, here's the thing. I was as surprised as I'm sure you will be to discover that we don't actually have Dame Judy Dench with us in the studio. We, in fact, accidentally booked Judy Tench, an amateur ornithologist from Brighton. Unbe-fing. Leavable. Yes, but the wonderful news is that Judy and I were chatting before the show, and she's a simply lovely woman, knows a lot about birds. Not a dame, but certainly a lady. <sighs> okay, Austin, bring her on. Dame, um, Mrs. Uh, Miss Dench. Wait, Tench? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and clear as a marsh warbler. <laughs> Bird humor. So, I have a list of questions here, uh, not even remotely relevant to you, uh, but let's plow on. Uh, so, firstly, we are all dying to hear. How... How was it working with Daniel Craig? Um... I mean, uh, how would it have been had you been a person who worked with Daniel Craig? Well, um, I'm sure he's very nice, and a very nice man, and it would be nice to know him, the nice man, Mr. Craig. Okay, then. Uh, moving on. Is it hard being an older lady in an industry dominated by younger people? Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm 63, and a lot of my ornithologist peers are a lot younger, uh, some of them in their 40s, uh, but mostly 50 and up. But they are very nice to know, so I wouldn't say it's a hard life, exactly. Uh, rather a nice one, in fact. Oh, good God. Okay. So, did you... Uh, flip, 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 flip. Okay. Did you expect Skyfall to be such a box office smash? Oh, I I'm afraid I don't know what a Skyfall is. Is it like a Skylark? <laughs> Hello? 
Oh gosh, I'm not doing very well, am I, Austin? Oh, nonsense, my dear. You are doing absolutely wonderfully. Stephen, Judy was telling me she's writing a rather interesting book. Oh, is that right? Uh, is it about your remarkable multi-decade career in the entertainment industry? A kiss and tell about Pierce Brosnan. Or is it a book about f***ing birds? Well, well, yes, it's a book about the most wonderful bird, you see, the lyrebird who can impersonate any sound it hears. Austin, I am really hoping you can do an impersonation of an even remotely competent broadcaster and turn this segment around. Find out something interesting about Judy Tench and do it now. You have one minute or you're fired. Mrs. Tench, have you ever been in a James Bond film? Uh, no. Mrs. Tench, uh, have you ever met anyone who has been in a James Bond film? Oh, oh yes, I have. Oh, really? Who? Oh, oh wait, actually, uh, no, I, I haven't, no. Uh, Mrs. Tench, uh, have you ever seen a James Bond film? No, I have not, but I have visited James Pond in the north of England to see a, a rare migration of the Spanish Swift. Stephen? Nope, not even close. Keep drilling, Austin. Uh, Mrs. Tench, have you ever met an actor? Oh, well, yes, in fact, my former neighbour when I lived in Hove was an extra in the film Brazil. You can see her just behind uh, Jonathan Price's head in one scene. Jon Jonathan Price? Oh, Austin, well, that's the villain from Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes, yes. Starring Dame Judi Dench. Yes, yes, Stephen, that's absolutely correct. Mrs. Tench, you are true film royalty. Uh, Judy, Judy Tench, uh, Stefan, again, did your neighbor meet Mr. Price? Uh, no. But he, but he did give her an angry glance over the canteen table because she took the last jammy dodger. There you have it, Stephen. Austin Bronte here bringing you the finest of stage and screen. Austin, your career is, to me, a fascinating and worrying thing. Please take Mrs. Tench back to her pond and jump into it while you're there. Goodbye, little Stephen. You're welcome. Austin, goodbye and good night, and please just go away. Forever, please. That almost wraps up your Welcome World news. But first, we're right all the time, with the small exception being when we are not. So here are our retractions from last week's show. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States, but he was not the 16th president to be named Abraham Lincoln. It is technically legal to eat any food item with a salad fork. West Virginia is not the furthest west you can go in the United States. Submarine sandwiches float in water. They do not dive. Now a quick update on the ongoing Public Radio America fundraiser. We are up to 1.10% of our goal. At the $10 level, donors will receive a downloadable MP3 of beach noises, including seagulls mating, waves, and a guy who wants to practice giving tattoos on you. One last bit of business, uh, we are giving away a pair of headphones. Yes, you heard that right, listeners. Headphones. Perhaps you are listening to the show on headphones right now. Perhaps you have a roommate who wishes, like hell, you would put on some headphones when you're listening to this. Perhaps you're in the car, driving, listening to this, and wearing headphones, which is probably illegal depending on what state you live in. If you live in Arkansas, it's pretty much anything goes. Otherwise, you might be in trouble. But, very seriously... Headphones are being given away here at Your Welcome World News. Very exciting. Uh, in order to win these 
Afterglow wireless headset headphones. You need only to go to our Facebook page, Your Welcome World News, like it, and by liking it, you automatically enter a drawing, which we will pull from randomly because that is what a drawing is and how it works. Afterglow headphones. They are good for gaming, movies, music, wireless internet, and many other things that I personally do not enjoy, but you just might. So go to our Facebook page, Your Welcome World News, like it, and you enter the drawing. Afterglow headphones. Shut out the outside world and shut in the fun. Thanks for listening, or at least having us on in the background while you drive. And special thanks, as always, to research assistants Eric Stolls, Madeline Wager, Jeremy Simon, and Levi Petrie, along with interns Tim Adewell, Phoebe Neidhart, and Josh Ratchford, as well as, of course, in-studio headphone hawker Zane Grant. I'm Stefan Hyphen-Straitman saying, we're right all the time, so you don't have to be. Thank you, and you're welcome. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.